This podcast was produced by ORFM Dunedin with support from New Zealand On the Air. Science Notes, a programme on Otago Access Radio brought to you by the Science News and Promotion Group at the University of Otago. Join me, Dave McMorrin, as I chat with graduate science students. We'll find out about their research, why they do science at all, and what music they enjoy. Science Notes, Thursdays from 6.30 to 7pm, only on Otago Access Radio. Well, good evening, and welcome to Science Notes again for another week. My name's Dave McMorrin, and this week our guest is Shruti Satish. Hello. Hello, David. How are you? I'm, I'm well. How are you? Um, I should have said, of course, it's actually Dr. Satish now, because just, just very, very freshly minted PhD um, graduate from the University of Otago. So you did a PhD in neuroscience, yes? Yes, I did a PhD in neuroscience, yep. And so we're going to be talking a bit tonight about what um, Shruti's been up to for her PhD work. Um, but before we get into it, as we do, we'll play a piece of music that she's brought along. And so the first piece is... Uh, Wind of Change by the Scorpions. Okay, here we go.
listen to science notes on otago access radio 105.4 fm where this week we are talking to dr just shruti satish about her phd work in neuroscience so before we get into um the nuts and bolts of it shruti um how is it that you've ended up at otago doing such a thing um well actually i did my engineering back in india and um during my engineering we used to have these long semester breaks and i happened to take up internship during every semester break and one year it happened to be in a research neuroscience research institute back home um which is called as the uh, national institute of mental health and neurosciences which is one of the the most popular institute back in india and then i was uh, exposed to basics of neuroscience and you know i, I was uh, doing my internship in the lab that was studying parkinson's disease and i was really really fascinated by that and then after i graduated i i did have an offer from two of the it companies but i didn't take it up i landed up doing working as a research assistant in one of the research institutes back home and i worked for almost 22 months and during that period i was just researching and you know trying to find a find my interests in neuroscience and it happened to be understanding how memories are actually made in the brain and um so i happened to write to uh, my super current supervisor at chicago and things worked out and eventually i came here when i didn't even know where the needle was <laughs> <laughs> And and um as is the case for many students who come from overseas um if nothing else the climate would have been a surprise for you. Oh yeah, I mean um so because India like the place where I come from Bangalore it's pretty much you know high 20s all throughout the year. I mean it's not too hot but mm. it's not too cold either. So when I first came here like it was pretty bad and I used to always have this wee heater going on in my lab at my house so Yeah, it's yeah. been a fun journey now uh, even high like you know early 20s like it's pretty hot to me like the needle has spoiled me in a 
Yeah. Yeah, in terms of, uh, I mean, if I go back home right now, I would find it really hard. Yeah. So that's, yeah. It's strange. So, no, that's plasticity. That's <laughs> <laughs> true. Yeah. Um, it's interesting that you have an engineering background initially, and now you're doing effectively the engineering how, how, how the brain works. Yeah, I mean, engineering, in my opinion, I think having an engineering degree is pretty cool to study neuroscience because it kind you have basics of, you know, your electronics and electricals, like your brain is one big electrical circuit, right? Yeah. So you could just apply the principles of electronics to your brain. And that's how, uh, I mean, yeah, it's kind of fascinating where you can draw parallels between the two of them and Although I did my engineering biotech, uh, which was a mixture of all the subjects, like back home, it's quite intense. Like you have to study basics of mechanical engineering, electrical computers. So it's pretty much a mixture of everything, yeah. which was a pretty good start for me to do my PhD in neuroscience. Yeah. And I yeah. suppose, too, having that background means because a lot of the, the actual nuts and bolts of, the, of your research would have involved... Um, building electronic equipment and using electronic equipment to do the study. So understanding that part of it probably helps as well. Yes, for sure. Yes. Yeah. I mean, we make electrodes on our day-to-day basis, cables, yeah. and yeah, a lot of other stuff. So that's been pretty helpful. Cool. So then you said just before that your, your research has been in um, memory formation. Yes. So so for, for the person in the street out there, um, or for those who are listening, um, mm-hmm. What's your take on how we form memories? Well, um, although this work has been going on for the last 50 years and we don't have a definite answer, um, I would say it's complicated. But um, as far as what we have understood so far is that, um, like, I mean, uh, when you're learning something new, like your experiences matter, right? So, how great are the experiences like there is a lot of change uh, that happens in your brain like essentially your brain communicates um at these specialized regions called the synapses um like when when you're learning something new or when you experience something new they just get bigger and bigger and the bigger ones are called as the mushroom synapses and I don't want to go into the technical details of those. So there's a lot of chemicals that are being exchanged and, you know, the synapses make connection and your memories are stored within those structural regions, which which essentially form a tight connection. The, the synapses are the, the connections between the, the neurons, the brain cells, aren't they? Yes. Right. Yes. And so you have a whole bunch of these brain cells but what you're saying then is that when you make memories, you're actually changing. Are you changing the brain cells or are you changing the connections between the brain cells? Um, well, we're changing the connections between the right. brain cells. Yeah. We cannot change the brain cells as such. And additionally, what my research has found is that this process of changing connections between the brain cells is not just, you know, um, you know, there are different types of cells in the brain. There are, you know, other cells which are star-shaped, which are called as astrocytes. And previously, they were known to be as the helper cells. Like, you know, they provide nourishment to, you know, your actual brain cells, you know, keep them healthy, keep them growing, um, you know, maintain a balance. But my research suggests that these star-shaped cells, they don't necessarily just have to be the mother cells, but they can even, you know, dictate what the 
you know the brain cells are supposed to do and how they're supposed to do and they essentially regulate this whole process so it sounds like a mother though the mother's (laughs) here to feed you but it's also there to tell you what to do yeah i mean uh, it's a mother come teacher yeah yeah and sometimes they could be a dictator as well which is not very nice uh so yeah i mean it's a whole lot of communication between the mother and the starship cells and the brain cells and you know they kind of make this whole process you know they regulate this whole process um this happens in a normal condition but um i'm also trying to understand how these mechanisms go wrong in deceased conditions and i'm sure you guys have all must have heard about alzheimer's disease which is a common you know neurodegenerative disorder and you know it's generally defined as having these toxic proteins in the brain and yeah. you know they're kind of killing the brain cells but the point is yes they're killing the brain cells but why why are the brain cells dying it's because even these mother cells or the starship cells are also losing their functionality which kind of dictates what the brain cells are supposed to do since they also take care of your brain cells and they are the ones who actually kick in like you know when there's when something goes wrong or when there is something toxic entering your system where um they they all go you know very like you know they they just the system fails and then that's how this entire memory making process also fails which leads to dementia and other you know memory yeah. loss conditions it occurs to me that um for most of the cells in your body mm-hmm. you kind of turn them over so like in your skin you have yeah. you have epithelial cells in your skin and they die and then you make more and then they die and you make more and i think i've seen there's there's numbers out there isn't about how how often your entire body gets remade but your brains must be different to that right so once you you're born with a certain number of brain cells of neurons and these astrocytes and then you presumably add to them but they don't get get turned over and replaced by new ones the same no there is no um neurogenesis as in what i mean is uh the no new neurons cannot be born and even if there are it just happens in two particular regions of the brain um so that's the problem when when your brain cells are dying they are dead they cannot be replaced or yeah. replenished unlike your other cells like a liver cell which could be replaced quite easily so yeah that's that's the drawback of um all these neurodegenerative diseases and other neurological disorders because once it's lost it's lost right. but uh, the whole point here is to you know you need to take care of them yep. and taking how do you do that like essentially by you know exercise kind of helps you keep your brain cells active and they also like i mentioned earlier there are two regions in the brain where you know which could actually make new cells uh so you know you you keep those cells being replenished which which happens to be one of the region happens to be in the hippocampus which is the memory, the memory region one. of the brain right um so yeah and read a lot sleep well you know because memory consolidation happens while you're sleeping which is an essential process and yeah eat healthy food that's, that's all is required to maintain your being right. healthy and happy and keep your memories intact 
<laughs> so so when you so when you when you remember something so i yes. teach first year chemistry so i'm i'm hoping the students are remembering some chemistry so when you learn some chemistry yes. um that memory is not so much because you're making new brain cells but no. you're changing the connections between the brain cells that are already there yes so when you forget the stuff are mm -hmm. you just losing the connections then yeah, the connections sort of get weakened. Uh, so just like how you get a haircut every now and then, uh, the same way the brain cells, like, you know, the star-shaped cells kind of direct what what needs to be done. This Some of the cells or your memories that are not being used, like suppose what you had for your breakfast last week, it, it is not a critical information that you need for your in your life right so that kind of gets eliminated like you know it gets trimmed and you know cut down and then so overall it's about maintaining your number of brain cells right and and then um which is more or less constant over a period of time but the memories are like how strong or how weak the connections are between the brain cells that's what determines how impact like how strong a memory is like you know when you recall something like your 21st birthday or you know your big math exam <laughs> how traumatized you were or things like that so i'm interested then mm -hmm. what is do we understand what the process is by which your brain decides what is no longer needed to be remembered well um there are different regulatory processes, like, you know, which controls this entire memory-making process. And metaplasticity, that is one of my research interests, is like it controls this entire, you know, memory-making and the plasticity process in general. You know, it strengthens and weakens synapses depending on how, whatever the history was, like depending on how strong or weak the prior activity or the learning was like it regulates the entire process in the brain um in simple terms if i have to give an example suppose you're having consecutive classes and you're learning something in class a and then you half an hour later you go to class b and then there's you know a whole lot of information that is being put in you know how these lectures can be right but then um, the thing is, maybe you remember something that, you know, that was taught in class A because you were all, you know, energetic and, you know, enthusiastic about the class and then you kind of your energy drained down. So now uh, you you go back and you kind of do your homework, you, you know, you go through your PowerPoints and stuff. So now the information is flowing in again. So first you can, what happened in the situation was that when you attended class A, some part of information is being consolidated such that when you went to class B, although the information is going in, it is kind of inhibited. Like, you know, there is a transient delay there. Right. So when you repeat that learning again, it kind of, you know, strengthens. And then you remember what happened both in class A and class B. Although it doesn't happen immediately, it happens over a period of time. So that is essentially a metaplasticity, or not exactly, but that's yeah. the most basic correlation that I can draw. Right. So, so, so the trick is in if you want to learn something, you can't just see it once and then hope that it's going to stick in your brain. It's the repetition that, that that's repetition important. Repetition is the mother of memory. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Cool. So. Well, we're just about out of time. I told you it wasn't going to take very long. 
Um, <laughs> so, so you're you're now now doctor. What next yes. for you? Oh well, I've applied for HRC grant, so uh, I'm looking forward to hear from them in June. So if that grant comes through, I'll be continuing as a postdoc. Okay, so you're staying in Dunedin then. That's the plan. Perhaps. Uh, yeah, plan A is to stay in Dunedin. Mm -hmm. If if the grant doesn't come through for some reason, uh, um, I mean I um, I have sort of like offers from Canada, like although Ooh, I, nice. it's not a formal one, but they, they were here on sabbatical and we just shared similar research interests and they were kind of interested in my work and. So it was a good interaction that I had, and they kind of offered me a postdoc. So Excellent. although I have to put in a formal application and sort out the funding, yeah. So Canada's nice. That'd be cool. Yeah. <laughs> so that's Plan B. Um. Um. Yeah. Let's see how things go. See how out. things go. It's funny times at the moment. I mean, it's getting less funny now, but still funny times for traveling yeah. and doing stuff yeah. overseas. So yeah. Oh well. Yeah. All the best for it. Thanks for coming along and talking a little bit about what you've been up to. Um, and thank you, everyone out there, for listening. And I'll just remember that remind you that you can listen to the show again next week at the same time. And then at your leisure as a podcast from the Otago Access Radio website, which is www.oar.org.nz. We'll finish tonight with Truthy's second piece of music, which is... Friends. The okay. Thanks for listening, everyone. Trying sad and much spite under the blind. Shiny and contoured. Sound from my cousin's bed. The hiss of the train at the railway head. Always the sound.
Science Notes, a program on Otago Access Radio, brought to you by the Science News and Promotion Group at the University of Otago. Join me, Dave McMorrin, as I chat with graduate science students. We'll find out about their research, why they do science at all, and what music they enjoy. Science Notes, Thursdays from 6.30 to 7pm, only on Otago Access Radio. This podcast was produced by ORFM Dunedin with support from New Zealand On the Air.